Hey everybody, welcome back to Swedenborg in the Life Live. Today we're going to be looking at the will, the understanding, and how to get into heaven. In case mm. you ever wondered that kind of stuff, my name is Carl Childs, and I'll be your host. And this is Swedenborg scholar extraordinaire, Dr. Jonathan Rose. Did, hey, I, say, did I say extraordinaire last time? No, I don't think I so. I hope not, because that's like a lame thing to say <laughs> twice. Thanks, Jonathan, for hanging out with us, and thanks to all of you for being a part of this program. This is where we try to give you a basic understanding of the Swedenborg world so you can get in there and hopefully get some good life change out of it. we got a lot of activities today we're going to go through with you, and we've content-tabled them right here. First, we're going to have our icebreaker where we'll be answering a question and you'll be answering a question so we all get to know each other. Then we'll go to our weekly Swedenborg keywords where we give you the building blocks by which to get a spiritual view of the world together. We'll go on a road trip in the afterlife. We'll have a chat Q&A. So when we hit that point, you can be asking live questions. Do so and we will try our best to humiliate ourselves trying to answer them. And we're going to meet one of you from the audience during our guest story part. We've got an interview that we taped with uh, somebody who's been into the show. We want to hear what it's all about. And then we'll hear your response to this icebreaker question. In the beginning, it's going to be a great ride. Thanks to all of you for uh, going on it with us. So let's start right so that it gets less awkward than it is right now. Let's do our icebreaker. All right. Question. So this is a question we're going to answer, and all of you answer it in the chat, and then we'll compile your answers, and by the end, we'll have answered all the answers. I just want to say answers five times in a sentence. Okay, here's the question as it stands. Okay. Which of Swedenborg's, which book of Swedenborg's did you first have exposure to? Now, this is going to be a difficult question for you, because <laughs> unless I'm mistaken, you never not been around Swedenborg's books. That's true. Which is kind of similar for me, because we were uh, raised Swedenborgian, as they say. Yeah, but still, right. everyone at home start answering it, but I, I want to hear, do you, do, maybe this is the first book you really remember interacting with, or how do you want to spin that question so you give the people at home something Yeah, I... There was something that I saw in Heaven and Hell uh, that so changed my perception in an interesting way. I'd always had this kind of nagging thought in my head that uh, mathematically we round down. Like, what are you, 0.000000001% of the human race or something like that? Yeah. Mathematically, you round down. Okay, and, so we're nothing. And, uh, and there's something that Swedenborg said in Heaven and Hell where he said, if you look at the whole of heaven, it's in the human form, but each heaven is in the human form, and then each society is in the human form, and, yeah. then, and then couples are in the human form, and each individual, and even your individual thoughts and feelings. And I suddenly I thought, it doesn't round down, it rounds up to one. Every, you know, yeah. Everybody's a complete universe or something. It really did something to my head. So yeah. that, that's, that's a cool one. How about you? Well, that's beautiful, man. I never thought about it like that. Well, um... I had, again, I've had Swedenborg's books in my water that I'm swimming in the whole time. But I do want to say there was kind of a time when I took uh, like a Swedenborg hiatus. I was probably 17, 18, uh, when I just was feeling like, I don't know what this is. This isn't helping anything. This is yeah. making things worse. And as I was out of it for a while, I was doing other stuff intellectually. But then there was this like re-entry period for me. And during that, my good old mom bought me some of your books, the NCE mm. translations, which I, I we didn't know each other back then. But, yeah, that's right. But I remember getting Secrets of Heaven, Volume 1, and reading like the mm. intro and the notes. And I remember cool. really starting to get hit by that and it talking about falsities. And I was, I just remember, I don't know, I don't think I had the book with me, but I was on this playground at night. 
And I remember just realizing, or maybe not playground, like I was close to one or something. And I remember realizing falsities, mm. that's like the stuff I think all the time. The mm. falsities are not these things that are oh, that's awesome. in, in opposition to theological things that belong in a church. Like my brain is fully populated by falsities. So in that moment, I really remember feeling like, this is talking about what I'm experiencing right now. And mm. that was a little, little water. first time that hits home or yeah. changes something in your spirit. That's, 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 that's awesome. Right. So that's, there we go. Hopefully the ice is broken. We, again, get your answers in there and we'll be checking back in at the end of the program for that. But now that we've got our, uh, the mood established, let's establish a body of knowledge here All right. in our Swedenborg Keywords segment. All right, and this always brings, you know, it's, the keyword is not the hippest thing in the world. Like, you guys want to do some keywords? Uh, but this is the hippest thing in the world because you can't do the Swedenborg thing without understanding this terminology. Yeah, that's right. Swedenborg will use built like basic building blocks for his worldview, and and he often defines words in different ways than we do. That's right. And and also he, you have to understand these concepts to get the composite concepts he builds out of them. You just got to do it. And and this week our keywords are the will and the understanding. Ah. And that's not always how they're translated, right? No, that's right. Sometimes uh, for understanding, you'll see intellect, because the Latin word underneath there is intellectus, and uh, intellect is not a bad rendering. Okay. And sometimes you'll even see for will, you'll see volition, yeah. a little fancier, more Latinate. And for understanding, you have discernment sometimes. Okay. But those are all talking about the, the same thing. They're faculties in the human mind and spirit. So. Okay, so anytime you run into any of those uh, phrase pairings, you'll know we're talking about this thing. But what are we talking about? What is mm. this stuff? Let's let Swedenborg talk about it. New Jerusalem 28 is where we're going to start tonight. We have two abilities that make up our life. One called will and the other understanding. They are distinguishable, but they are created to be one. Hmm. When they are one, they are called the mind. Mm. So that's something we probably all understand, right? So we're talking that's about... That's right. The mind is a common term, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, right. and, and relatively uh, useful as well. Wait, we got to go back to that because there was a little extra part of that There's a little tag more on that yeah, phrase. Which, what was that? And, 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 oh, I can actually just read it right here. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, they... So they are the human mind, and it is there that all the life within us is truly to be found. So just, I wanted to hit that last wow. part because that's pretty important. Not only are they your mind, which what's the most important part right. of you, your mind, but that's they're right. like where we get all of our life. And it really is, in Swedenborg's map, there's not many things in there. There's your will, your yeah. understanding, and your memory is about it. You know, I mean, that's, right. that's about the whole deal. And, and your memory is not really... You are sort of an outer court or something like that. Right, right, so right. really the main thing that's going on inside us is the will and the understanding. And according to Swedenborg, the, the mind is the spirit, right? So this these are the two components of the thing that, that survives. The body goes, that's right. but this is like the most important part of you. This is the eternal and the truly human part of us kind of thing. Right. You know, it, it's beyond the plumbing, so to speak, you know, the yeah. physical body right. and everything. This is the part that, that lasts and, and makes us who we are, that everyone has their own will and their own understanding that makes them unique from other people. Hopefully we've sold you 
on the concepts of the important the concept of the importance of will and understanding. Let's go a little deeper, learn a little more about them. This is New Jerusalem 29. So we made it forward a whole number. Just as everything in the universe that is in accord with the divine design goes back to what is good and what is true. See last week's show where we explain that. That's right. <clears throat> so everything in us goes back to will and understanding. This is like that that whole um, sort of Russian nesting doll experience you just talked about. That's right. Within us, we have our little good and truth. This is because whatever is good in us resides in our will, and whatever is true in us resides in our understanding. Hmm, Like these are homes for, you know, as if there's sort of a, when stuff gets spiritually shipped to your door, you know, there's a will door and there's an understanding door. And if it's something emotional or it's about love, it goes in the will door. And if it's something of truth, knowledge, uh, wisdom, intelligence, you know, that, that goes in the, in the understanding door. Right. It's got to go in the right door just today. This is true. This is not a a made up story for comedy. Uh, there was a package (laughs) meant for my neighbor that was shipped to my doorstep. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it can't come into my house, you know? That's right. Is, I had to walk it over there. And wrong, there wrong, so, wrong door. Similarly, we've got these little these little docks in us. Uh, this is because whatever is good in us resides in our will, and whatever is true in us resides in our understanding. These two abilities, or these two living parts of ours, receive and are acted upon by what is good and true. Mm. Our will receives and is acted upon by everything that is good, and our understanding receives and is acted upon by everything that is true. I like that, acted upon, too, because it's not only sort of it comes in and that's the vessel it goes into, Yes, but it actually changes you, you know, like when that goodness or that truth flows in it changes the state of your will which we might you know refer to as your heart and the understanding as being your mind you know yeah. those are sort of more common expressions sure yeah so th- so thoughty sort of things would be understanding and feely sort of things would be will yeah and it's interesting to ponder why swedenborg says it's so important to tell the difference between these two and yet sometimes they're sort of separate and sometimes they can work together okay you know and and um so one of the things that's helped me understand it a little bit is that latin root the intellectus that comes from uh, words that mean choose between. And I think what the intellect is or the understanding is the, I might call the option generator. Uh You know, like if you thought about, you, so your will said, let's go on vacation. Your intellect would be the part that would say, okay, we could do the Outer Banks or we could go up the mountains or we could, you know, whatever. And it starts to list things, right? Staycation and and it'll start to list options. Like you say, yeah, think of a bear. You don't build a bear from scratch in your mind. You just suddenly have a couple of bears you could be focusing on, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. And choose between. You could choose choose between the the different bears that (laughs) pop in your mind. And part of what Swedenborg says is very interesting to me about it. He lived in a time when people were just so high on the idea of the intellect, the understanding, the power of the mind, sort of Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. The Enlightenment era. The Enlightenment era, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yet he was saying, oh, no, the will is what's really, really in charge. The intellect is only an advisor. So it's like the will is the you know sitting on the throne or something, yes. and and the intellect just says um, we could do this or we could do that with it, and then the ruler says we're doing this, you know, yeah, and that's the will part. And so when you understand how those two work together, and sometimes the intellect can say to you, um, you know, we know eating that is fattening, you know, yes, and the will goes, 
I love it and I'm doing it. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm already doing it. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. And I shall do it again. And and there's not too much the intellect can do because actually it's not running your life, the, the will. But when you can get them to work together so the will starts to listen to the intellect, that, yeah. that, that's a good situation. Well, and yeah, because in, in Swedenborg's day, right, and still up to the present we like to think oh we're rational we're rational that's people. right we're we, rational i'm making people. my decisions based on logic but swedenborg asserts right. there's always actually a desire driving everything that's even right. your uh, even your ability to weigh your options is coming mm. from something whether that's it's right. it's perhaps you want to why do i care about weighing these options well maybe i get the gratification of going on vacation or if i'm i'm weighing options in sort of a legal setting maybe i i want this outcome or maybe i just want people to know that i can consider things even if we can barely perceive it mm. there's always some kind of agenda that's because otherwise you just wouldn't even you wouldn't even give at the time of day and when you're studying what people do, isn't it true that people can rationalize almost anything? You know yes. what I mean, right? Yes. Like if they really want to do it, they, oh well, no. See, it's not so bad because of, and yeah. you know, and you can get like that. Will will make that intellect say all the reasons yeah. why that's not a bad thing to do. Uh, yep, I can feel that machine revving up in me when I suddenly I have all this energy and all these arguments for a position that I'd never thought about before. But because right. I know there's a reason I want this, you're putting you're putting strings of of arguments together. You're mm. you're downplaying certain things. It's just it's just a way the the will intellect combo works mm. and so part of the strategy apparently is to try to get different information is really partly what this show is trying to do yeah. get feed different information to the intellect part yeah so we can try to have a conversation with the will about yeah i realize that's how yeah. you see things but but this might be a better way kind of yeah. you know and try to get them to work together in a different well, way let's let's try to make this as crystal clear as we can we've got one more quote here from mm. new jerusalem this is 32 all right um he, it's, he says, just as goodness is the reality underlying something, and truth is how that thing becomes manifest from goodness, right? This, mm. That's what we established in our previous episode. That's so right. our will is the reality underlying our life, mm. and our understanding is how life becomes manifest, manifest from our will. Oh, that's interesting. They're becoming manifest because uh, your will may want something, but until your intellect joins in... Yeah. Uh, you don't have any way of taking action. Like all real action is a result of both of those working together. Let's prove it. Yeah. Let's prove it to the people. And we're going to do so okay. in a series of two, a play in two acts. How do you propose? It's called uh, the, the Puzzles. The Puzzles. Okay. Looks good. Oh, there's a puzzle. All right. Okay. We'll begin with me solving. You, know, you guys know these puzzles, right? You have to try to get these rings okay. off this thing. We're going to hmm. begin with me solving this puzzle. Okay. Yeah, now that's interesting. Uh, so you know how to do that, right? Yep. Look at that. That was fast. There you go. That's like lightning. Okay, how hard could it be? So, wait a minute. So the problem that we have here is I had the, we both have the will to do this. Like we both want to take this puzzle apart, right? But I also had the knowledge of how to do it. So I had the intellectual side, even though Jonathan desperately wants to get the second ring off. I really off, do want to get Because he doesn't have the intellect side of it, it can't happen. It takes both together to make it work. And it's not that there's anything wrong with my brain. I just don't have the knowledge. Take it easy you on him, you know? <laughs> so, I just, I've, I've never seen this puzzle before, so. Whereas I know. could practice this one before the show. Aha. Uh -huh. Now, now, so how about this other one? This is do you want two. to do it? 
This I mean, one, Mr. Rubik's I, Cube, you want to do it? I know how to do these. I've done these before, but I really hate Rubik's Cube. I don't enjoy that, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. Interesting. Okay, so you enjoy, you don't have enjoyment of this, and enjoyment, Swedenborg says, has to do with your will. So your understanding knows how to do it, but you have no particular love for it. You don't enjoy it. So you don't get pleasure out of it. And so you're not likely to do it because yeah. you don't have those two things that you need to, to, to really, you know, it's another way of not solving the problem. It's yeah. just like, I could, but I don't care. I don't want to. Either one on its own is insufficient to get the most important that. tasks done. But when they are together, this is a, you know, the simplest form of what this whole will understanding yeah, yeah. thing is. And That's we've, we've set out this idea that, oh, it's the... Um, the will that runs the show, right? Right. But there is a, actually a fundamental role the intellect plays. That Swedenborg says it's actually through the intellect that we become spiritually reborn. That's right. Because That's the true. will is, because it's a monarch, it doesn't listen to anything. No. And, and it just happens to be, for reasons that would take a whole couple shows to give out, we, it has a tendency towards all kinds of destructive behavior. That's right. It just tends to be self-centered and a little outrageous. Yeah. And yeah. And the That's way right. that things are structured right now, it's through concepts we learn that we can actually train our will. So, you, so you, even That's though the right. will is, is sort of the one calling the shots, it needs the intellect to rescue it. It does. It does. And that's why I think Swedenborg was so interested in publishing all these books. Let's get some different information in there. Yeah. So as your mind is lifted up, he says the, the understanding can be lifted into the light of heaven. Yeah. So you can actually, you know, it doesn't matter what's in your will. The, the, they're separable. And so that uh, understanding part can go all the way up into heaven and see, oh, wow, I need to be a different kind of person or what, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, and I need to work on myself here. And and try to come back down and work with the will and, and uh, change your behavior. Yeah, yeah, right. And so that's what we're hoping to to arm ourselves with is the information that can lead to that change. All yeah. right. And to, and so that's as right. in summary, we've got the goodness and truth are these two fundamental forces in the universe. That's right. right. Fundamentally, in us, we have the will and the intellect, or the will and the understanding, and these mm. are the receptors. So the understanding can receive that truth, and the will can receive that good. But but. I'm wondering, is the will always receiving good? Because it doesn't seem like people always want to do good things. Can't we want to do bad things? Right. So, right. And can't you go through a long, awkward phase where your mind is thinking, I want to be a better person, <laughs> but your will keeps uh, yeah. wanting something that's not so I'm in, good? I'm in one right now. <laughs> so we're going to actually hear a story mm. about that very dynamic and how the will understanding thing progresses. So let's take a little spiritual road trip. This is the part of the show where we go for a ride with Swedenborg. We're going to investigate what it's like to get up into the light and heat in heaven. Oh, like wow. Our friend here. Yeah. And, and with those very faculties we were just talking about. Right? Those very faculties. Right. How do they test out in uh, uh -huh. whatever environment? Not zero G, but like <laughs> whatever G heaven is. Or it might be some other letter or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't know. Some heavenly right. letter. Now, this 
story, like all Swedenborg's stories, is not just entertaining, but it's informative. That's right. He used them right. to show, he would teach you these principles and show, this is where I traveled in the afterlife and saw mm. these principles in action. And we have a particular right. character in this story, mm. and his name is... Redalius. Redalius. Hey, there he is. I never saw a picture of him before. Yeah. Who, who is Redalius? Redalius was a professor... And uh, toward the end of his life, last four years of his life, he also became a bishop. So Swedenborg will refer to him as Bishop Redalius. And and both those professors and the bishops at that time uh, in Sweden were very powerful characters. You know, there weren't there was only eight bishops in the whole country, and then okay. two archbishops. And so uh, it was a great honor for him to become a bishop. And so he was someone very big in education, and his students really loved him. Uh, so he okay. he was a he was an intellectual, a serious intellectual who was also a bishop. He became a bishop. And the cool thing with Swedenborg is you get to not just know people's earthly bio, but he meets them after they've died in the spiritual world, and he gets to see how are they doing with it in the new set of conditions. Yeah, he had died, I think, like fifteen years before this story. I think seventeen thirty-eight. Okay, and so he he's been in the spiritual world for 15 years at the time that Swedenborg encounters him and writes about him and his spiritual experiences. So this is from Swedenborg's Journal of Spiritual Experiences, 4700, and we're going to see here nice round how number. the will... Yeah, exactly. Well, we just fudged that. It was really 4615. How the will and intellect work when they go up to these, All right. these lofty heights. Mm. There was a certain one who had been intelligent in the world, and in the other life, too, had insight into such things as pertain to intelligence. Redalius. He imagined, like others, that faith alone saved, even at the hour of death, no matter how a person had lived. Consequently, that in the other life, heaven could be given to anyone who was such, thus out of mercy alone on account of the Son. The Son meaning Jesus. So this is a, a belief that's been around for a while the kind of some people call it deathbed repentance yep. where uh you know if you just sort of cry out at that last moment of your life you know for forgiveness and mercy I'm and sorry. so on, I'm sorry I'm sorry for everything that you'll be able to get into heaven yeah. you know uh, at that last moment and Swedenborg says it doesn't work that way. Well, let's see how he, how he fares with that opinion. He believed that heaven could be given in this way out of mercy. And yet he did not know what heaven is. Oh. That it is within people in their life's affection. Life's affection. Okay, there's another word, affection. Affection has to do with the will side. Yeah. Has to do with your love. You can tell. I mean, we yes. talk about I have affection for somebody means you love them, yes. and that kind of thing, right? And so, but that heaven is not like a place outside of you. It's something internal that has to do with your will. Yeah, it's not Crazy. It's not even saying like no, you hmm. like Redalius, you couldn't get into heaven. You don't even know what heaven is. You don't even know what you're you trying to get into. This is a super intelligent yeah. guy and a church leader uh, in Sweden at the time. That's right. Shocking. Mm. Okay, so so it's in their life's affection. On this account, he was brought into heaven toward the front where the entrance to paradise is. And he says toward the front. This is okay. the whole weird spatial thing that's in heaven right. where everything is related to the human that's form. That's sort of closer to the Lord kind of thing. Just so ignore that. Just ignore that. We don't but have time to show. he's just at the very entrance. You know, it's not yes. like he's deep in heaven or anything. Yes. He's just at the entrance there, right? Okay. There, surrounded by spirits and prepared in this way, he saw many things saying every time that they were amazing. I picture him just saying, 
that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, yes. Like he's so astounded that he's only got like one vocabulary. Well, <laughs> and Swedenborg backs you, know? you up. He says he saw angels there so lovely that he could not be more amazed. <laughs> in a word, he saw the glory of heaven there. So you that's get, cool. So that like they're they're saying, hey, here's everything, and he says, this is cooler than cool. I imagined. And yeah, then, that's right. So so he he's just in astonishment at the yes. glory of, and he's only on the very outer piece of it or something, but yeah. he's just astonished by what he's saying, seeing there. Okay, so now what's what's going to happen from here? Yeah, he just goes in, and and there it is. Yeah, the angels probably. who were there said, now are are the angels going to say? You think deathbed repentance is cool? Like get out of here? Yeah, you know, shouldn't they straighten yeah, him out? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a thought that he has in his intellect, yeah, right? It's a right. belief that he has. That's right, and it's wrong, right? So they're, right. they're going to let him have it here. So the angels who were there said they wanted him to stay with them. Wait a minute, that's so sweet. And that he would be given a house there, wow. which he also accepted. Okay, <laughs> so like, sounds good. They're like hang out, do we whatever have you a want. house for you? Listen, no. Okay, more, thank you. Really low APR here. You can buy this house. That's right. It's good location. He's into it. But but uh oh, there's a but. But they warned. That if he were not yet such as they, okay. he should take care when heaven's light came near and heaven's heat. Weird that he was at the very entrance there, but he wasn't feeling the light and heat yet, even though he'd been seeing these glorious things. But it's interesting that somehow the heat and the light yeah. hadn't really affected him. And they actually give him a warning about that. Like you would think, oh, wait a minute, the heat of heaven, that's going to be like a warm bath. That's going to be great. That's you know? right. Yes, and feel wonderful. Yeah, how 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 threatening is heaven's light and, and heaven's yeah? Heat? I know how bad could it be? But they're warning him. Let's see how it all plays out. Hmm. The light of heaven did come near, hmm. and his vision then became dimmer and dimmer. Wait a minute. To the no, point- no, 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 no. No, you must be reading that wrong, because the light of heaven would be so clear that you could see it. It's like your eyesight got way better. Right. You could see all these details. Yes. Are you sure? No, let me try it again. again. The light of heaven did come near, and his vision then became... No, that's it. His vision then became dimmer and dimmer to the point that he finally could not he couldn't see, see. And together with this, felt somewhat of pain within Wow, so he went blind. He went blind when the light of heaven and it hurt. shone on him. And it was painful too. That's so right. So let's figure right. out what this this doesn't that doesn't seem like heaven, so let's figure out what's Weird. going on here. Then he was restored and saw the angels there gleaming now more than before. <laughs> now I love that. So the same light of heaven flows into Redalius and yeah. these angels, and Redalius goes blind and goes into a state of pain. Yes. And they're like, ah, you know, and it's just shining out of them, like, like they're more radiant than before. Yes. They just felt great to them, and it was painful to him. So here's wow. where we finally get to this receptacle thing mm. that we were talking about before. Right. The intellect is a receptacle for truth, which heaven's light is truth. It's truth. And the will is a receptacle for love. So here you have heaven's light come in, and obviously the receptacles are different because the angels get hyped up and pumped up yeah, and shinier and brighter. <laughs> That's right. But Redalius gets, he can't see. Basically struck by, blind and goes into pain. And you wonder whether it's because of, in that context, that he had this belief about salvation at the last, yeah. like he doesn't know about salvation or heaven. And so as it comes in, it's like, oh, no, and it just... You know, yeah, well, it's a blinding light kind of thing. You do, the, the the light shine in the darkness. The darkness didn't comprehend. Didn't it. You comprehend. Don't have it. that program wow. written in your mind. Good, you, good scripture quote. I don't know what that's, that's from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't one. have that's that program good. in your mind. 
then when that light comes out, you can't accept it. You know, it does not read this file type. Right. It actually starts to crash your system. Mm. You know, so let's amazing. That's that's a good way to put it. Let's move to the so then after so he's still this, go, the story still goes on. Oh yeah, that is there's great. More okay after this. <laughs> everyone, hopefully, everyone at home is feeling the same way. <laughs> yeah, like we lost everyone <laughs> after this. The heat of heaven came near. Oh, here comes the heat. So we had the light before. Here comes the uh oh, and they warned him, and the light wasn't good. How's nah, the heat going to go? Maybe the heat's okay. What do you think? Maybe the heat's going to be good. Maybe it'll feel good. And then he began to feel intense pain. Uh oh. And the pain penetrated to his inner regions. So at the end, he felt tormented. Wow. So that heat of heaven came, and it was like, ow, like yeah. really, really deep within himself. And so I would think this A is the torment, the receptacle of the will. Yeah. And then if the will is not reformed, love hmm. is actually painful yeah. to it. Right. He, he then became like a heavyweight and at length dropped. I'm afraid I find that slightly amusing. I mean, I, I feel for the poor guy, but it's just like you t- turn into dead, dead weight yeah. kind of thing and he, and he just falls down. It's so overwhelming. I do yeah. feel compassion for him. No, but so listen, I'm sure he's okay with, with us you okay, know, using good. him as an example. All right. Um, and... It's worth noting that in the spiritual world, your uh, your position is relative to your will and, it, and understanding. Uh, that's right. And so, right, he becomes sort of leaden and he falls yeah. down. And I remember in Swedenborg says that evil is heavy and falls of its own accord into, into that's right. you know, downward kind of thing. That's it, right. It falls to it. Now, but it's not that there's no hope for this guy. Sure. Go on. Then he asked where he could be revived. And eventually he was revived. Yeah, and so I picture him just like he he's slumping down. Yeah. He's, a little help here, yes. you know. And so, um, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, where is there somewhere that I, yeah. you know, be brought back to life? I mean, the poor guy, right? Get a pick me up, right? Uh, he then asked whether he want. He was then asked whether he wanted to be in heaven. Oh, interesting question. So, who here comes the light of heaven? Yeah. Ow, go blind, painful. Here comes the heat, yes. and he he gets so heavy. It's incredibly intense inner pain. And then they ask him, do you want to be... Because he had yeah. always wanted to be in That's heaven. That's right. And then they say, do you want to be in heaven? What's He's, his response? He said he by no means sought it. <laughs> and so that's... so it I'm shows, not eager to go. <laughs> you got to know what heaven is, that heaven wow. is a state of love and truth, and that unless we are prepared for it, it doesn't work. Now this... Yeah, as you said, this particular guy, Redalius, we see him later in the spiritual diary. That's right. And he's doing very well. He's doing great. Yeah. In fact, a very interesting little story that comes up a little later is that Swedenborg sees this thoroughbred horse. Yeah. Beautiful horse just tearing along. Yeah. And he realizes this is just a correspondence. And what it is is this Redalius, and a thoroughbred horse has a very good meaning. It has to do with the understanding of yeah. Scripture and truth and things like that. And uh, and the thoroughbred, all that, you know, like that's a very good image. And what Redalius was thinking about was the very topic of this show, the the will will and the understanding. And the fact that this horse is just tear, just booking, you know, uh, meant that I think that his thoughts about the will and the understanding were getting really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, so he really, oh, that whole experience. So that's why it's not needless suffering. Yeah. It's like, whoa, back to the drawing board. I thought I knew what heaven was. Yeah. But I'm not even sure I want to go there. And then he learns, oh, no, you got to get your will in the right shape and your understanding in the right shape. Then you can go. And hope so hopefully we're giving all of ourselves and you at home these racing spiritual horses of the mind. That's right. By getting these concepts and just showing that what we're doing 
when we're trying to reform the will and understanding is making it so that when that light and heat come at us, we feel it like the angels do. And that then we can be there. That heat may actually be joy. Yeah. You know, but he, I can't, oh, it's, it's making me hurt, you know. Yeah, well, you think about um, if you've been out in the cold and you're, you're not, you're not oh. maybe not frostbitten, but you're close, and you try to, you just touch cold water, it feels hot. And then when it's hot water, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. And heaven is so full of selfless love that in our current state, we don't actually, we're not native to that, but we can get there. And that's the right. point of regeneration and that's of spiritual right. growth. We actually have a bunch of shows about how to get oh, there. That's right. We have a show called Repentance, How to Be in Heaven Now, Regeneration, mm. How Radical Love is Born, the day-to-day process of our salvation. Swedenborg, the whole, if I had to summarize Swedenborg, it's this is how you change your will and understanding, right? That's this it. This is how you get ready. Yeah, you're not stuck with it. Even after he, he dies, Redalius is not stuck with it. He had a you know concept that was in, inaccurate. Yes. But heaven wants to you know pull him up, and and it seems like he was responding to this to this treatment. Absolutely. So there, mm. so may may we all respond well as well. All right. So that's a bunch of stuff that we just gave you, and it's a mm. little confusing. It's a little counterintuitive. Does that call up any questions? We're about to start our live Q and A now. So get your questions into the chat room now and we'll answer them so we're looking for you if you're watching from home to answer to enter questions into the chat on youtube and we'll we'll answer them or we'll try to answer them right now we're going to begin with a question we'd already gotten previously just to get time on your keyboards and then if you guys got them we'll answer them right now so let's begin with our with our first question Oh, hey, maybe this is, this is... That might be a new one. Is this a brand new one? Maybe so. Yeah, okay. So never mind. This is brand new. Does Swedenborg ever reference alternate dimensions? Could the levels of heaven and hell be what many today refer to as such dimensions? Is it, a, mm. is it all semantics? Would, they, would it fit? Uh, what's That's interesting, because I know people talk about more than the three or four dimensions of space-time and all that, that there's 11 dimensions and they're all curled up and, or, or something like that. They're tiny... Um, but when I've read those kind of things in physics books, they they seem to me that they're still talking about something in the physical realm, maybe. I mean, it, it's yeah. confusing. Uh, but Swedenborg really has a completely discreetly separate a- existence of these layers of heaven. Yeah. But talk about other dimensions. You know, I mean, they're they're yeah. full. They're there's if there's eleven here, there's eleven there. You know, for yeah. sure or more. Yeah, many, many different um, kinds, don't you think? Yeah, I think we, we've got sort of um, uh, semantics. I, I think I just said that. But because there's sort of two ways people use the term dimension. One uh-huh. is the one you're talking about, where there's somehow this is three dimensions, but there are 11 other dimensions curled up on a molecular or subatomic level or something. But then it's like, I met a, a somebody from another dimension. He popped in here to say, you know, like, yes. dimension is like another place, not right. another direction. So, right, as far as the curled up things in here, who knows if there's an interface with spiritual world. We don't right. know exactly how that connects. But it's if, like, someone's saying, like, you can go to another dimension. When I, I left my body, I was in another dimension. That that could share a lot of similarities with Swedenborg's description, right? Yeah, so and, and I think he doesn't, he doesn't use that term as i remember no not, he wasn't around not much no yeah. no that wasn't wasn't so much and the in, translators never but he talks about <laughs> levels yes. and things like that you know, like there's different levels and some of them are continuous levels that go this way but then there are discreetly separate levels yes uh you know that 
And there's many, many of these in some ways that he described. He says there's two levels above the highest heaven before yeah. you get to God and stuff like well, this. And the thing I think feel like characterizes dimensions is that they're not like you got to go really far that way then you'll hit this dimension it's that they're somehow occupying the same space at the yes. same time but they're separate right and swedenborg does say the spiritual world is right where we are not mm. distance in us from the least or not in the least from us in the least that's right there's that beautiful passage in divine yeah. love and wisdom that talks about it's people think it's some distant bird or something but he yes. says it's like a bird of paradise so close it almost brushes your pupil of your eye with its feathers you yes know, willing to be seen you know it's it's so close but how it. could it be so close but yet we don't see it it's in another dimension oh, okay there let's you take go. our next question here thanks I think so we much got Amber to the end Marie. of that one there. all right this is falcon brit does Swedenborg advocate selling everything and giving it to the poor as Jesus advised one man? Mm. Is Do we need to right, liquidate all of our assets and give them up? Are they weighing us down? Is that the, the greatest moral good to do that? Swedenborg really has quite an interestingly different take on that. And not that he's contradicting Jesus, but he's, he's saying this no, is the meaning the of the words. No, but the way that he interprets it, that's why right. mm. he takes the selling and the buying as being... Uh, having to do with with truth and that uh, poverty is not having truth you know it yeah. was i was a little humiliated but i have no idea i'm impoverished when it comes to this puzzle i don't know how to do you know you are wealthier in knowledge okay than it was I am. it was a setup all right this thing was already loose don't i don't tell okay them. this man is just as good at puzzles <laughs> as i am i don't know how to do stewart's the one who actually knows how to do that puzzle all right continue <laughs> so <laughs> the <laughs> the selling all that you have and giving to the poor, uh, what he's talking about in a spiritual way is to um, any information. It's in a way what we're trying to do with the show, which is that if you have information, give it to people who don't have as much information. Okay. You know, uh, put that out into the market yeah. and give it to people who don't have it. Swedenborg says that in terms of just physical wealth and those kind of things, um, if you give everything away, then you're in need of everything and you're not in as good a position to love your neighbor because you you need so much stuff. Yeah. So he says it's not bad to provide for yourself and your own, not only for the time being, but into the future. It's not even bad to be in business and make a profit or whatever. You know, Swedenborg has yeah. no problem with all of that. There are different ways to do it. There's sort of greedy, you know, self-centered ways to do it and ways that are really trying to give people more than you get in return kind of, or whatever, you know, yeah. just good business practices. But, um, but he doesn't endorse the idea of um, that kind of poverty. And he says that some people who practice that uh, go to the other world and they're not that much fun to be around because hmm. they feel like, well, I deserve heaven. I gave up everything for this, you know. And yeah. so it's a little tricky. That's just one example. There are a lot of different yeah. ways to hold it. Um, but he but he takes an unusual tack on that, and yet he still says that that that's a good that's a good teaching. But you need to understand the depth behind it of what the poverty is there and what's selling. What is that everything yeah. that you're supposed to sell? I mean, you want to have the spirit of that. That like I would give everything right. to help people. But as far as actually giving away all your possessions, it's. It's not about doing that in principle. It's about how do you do the most good? Because, right, if if you are trying to get an important job done, but you don't have the resources to be in the right state of health that you can do it, 
you're not helping. You know, the, the, and sometimes people with a lot of wealth can be more effective at helping because they know how to distribute. That's it's, right. It's not to say that there isn't a pressing need to make sure that people have the basic necessities and that everybody can live a good life, but it's about what's the best way to get there. At times, right. that is giving stuff away. And that for some people, that could be the right path. Sell everything you have, live as simply as you possibly uh-huh. can. For other, I think it would be case by case, but there's not a universal rule that you got to get rid of everything that's yours. Yeah, and Swedenborg talks about wisely loving, like trying to figure out what's the most effective way yeah. to, to love uh, someone else, give them something that really builds their life and heads things in a good direction, Yeah, uh, not just necessarily... Um, sort of doing it without without thought or something like that that's so, so that's that's a discussion that's we, a, we should do a, a couple of shows on that question I don't know if we if we have but but it's definitely worth it okay yeah. let's look at the next one thanks falcon brit bonnie gates could we have a memory of what has happened to others as if it were as if it were our own <laughs> this this is a great question and swedenborg has a very interesting answer to it in a way because he says that uh, spirits are with us and when they're with us, they are partaking in our memories yeah. as if they were their own. But he says, spirits' memories don't leak into ours, he says. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Next sentence, when it does, it causes a phenomenon known as deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't use the expression deja vu, yes. but, he, but he uses Latin words along those lines. Uh, so he says it doesn't happen, and then when it does, <laughs> yes. And so that to me says basically no, but yes, you know, it can happen. You could have a memory of what had happened to others as if it were your own. It's sort of a leak. It's not, you know, yeah. supposed. It's not set up that way. It's supposed to go the other way. But I think it does. I've I've had amazing sort of deja vu experiences where I just I can't believe I didn't. Because I feel totally as if I experienced this. I yeah. know what's going to happen next, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting and, one. Yeah, it's, it seems like um, everything is more communal than you would think in, in the spiritual world. Like you have that's right. thoughts and Good feelings point. can be shared as well as memories and experiences. So here we, we feel like we're in these little... Um, little bubble or something. Bubble, yeah. right. Impenetrable membrane around us. But actually, even things that you think are just in your own memory bank... Other people can get them at times, and and there's there's just more. It's more permeable up there. More permeable. That's absolutely. Yeah. Let's right. do what, yeah. real quick one more question before we we roll the end of this segment. So, uh, it, oh, if we have one, yeah, great. John May asks, "How do we know our will is good without deceiving ourselves?" <laughs> That's a great, great question. Yeah, because you the ability to deceive yourself, yeah. especially if your will is saying, uh, "Intellect, I want to report on my own state," but like. Make it good, right? (laughs) Make me out to look good. That's right. uh, So uh, we can certainly deceive ourselves. It's really kind of horrifying when you see how you can can fool yourself. Uh, Part of that's why I think the angels say, watch out for that light of heaven, because... Uh, if you really have a different idea of yourself than yeah. the light of heaven shows you to be, it can be painful and kind of awful to have that experience. But Swedenborg does give certain indications. Isn't there that passage in New Jerusalem that says something like, if you're one of two people who's vying for a job and you actually know that the other candidate would do a better job and do more good than you would, you stand back and let that other person take the job? Oh, then your your will is good. Okay. And and he has certain sort of 
diagnostics yeah. that you can hey, you can kind of John, run to see. You can be the host of this. Show. <laughs> yes, I would not do a better so, job. So, but no, but the, that's a great point that that you can have little indications of it that that you can sort of test by. But I like and, and something that you can add to that is your whale's never good. I mean, that, <laughs> it's only there, God there's is some good. aspect to it yeah. that that's, that remains no good. Another thing that Swedenborg says uh, uh, quite a few times is go ask like the wisest person you know. Uh, yeah. You know, because sometimes someone else who's wise can see more clearly. You know, we sort of cover our own faults, but someone else can see more clearly yeah. and say, no, I think you're on you're on the right track. Because sometimes you go the other way where you're convinced you're just horrible yeah. and actually you're a better person than you're giving yourself credit for, right. you know, because it, it can kind of go bo- go both ways. Yeah. If you If you keep that question with you, John May, how do we know our will is good? If we keep asking that of ourselves, you're never going to catch yourself over time. But if you keep that question in your mind, you're going to be on the right path. You know, yeah. that's the thing you got to have. As long as you, and as long as you're looking to, hey, if I'm not acting good here, then I don't want to. Then I want something else to supersede me. Then we're we're in the right way. So that's, that's you're right. already in the right place. That's asking right. That right. And there. I really think the whole practice of self-examination, repentance, all that is looking at those kind of things, exploring those questions, and very good. and uh, seeking some forward motion on that. Great question. Thank you. Thanks, John. Glad we took it. Now, uh, Dr. Jonathan Rose. Thanks so much for hey, coming on the show. Hey, fun to be with you. Because we're going to go great. to our guest story, and when we come back, Chelsea's going to share really? some stuff she found. Oh, so that's great. Thanks, everybody, uh, for, for giving Jonathan such a good time here. <laughs> we're going to go to our guest story segment. This is a, a fan of the show who we got to have sit down and have a conversation with. This is Pete, who was originally a Brit from outside Liverpool, but now he lives in, uh, in New Jersey. And we got to have a nice little chat with him, which we'll play for you now. Um, so wondering, wondering, Pete, now if I could turn it, turn it over to, to you. And I just would love to know, so you're wondering about Swedenborg. How did you first find out about Swedenborg? And how did you come to find our show? Okay, well, you know, it was actually through Facebook, weirdly, yeah. you know. So we can thank Mark Zuckerberg for that one. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I've always been a spiritual seeker. And, you know, Facebook t- likes to tailor a lot of the things it gives you to what it believes you're interested in. And um, I first came across a quote from uh, Heaven and Hell uh, on my Facebook uh, page, and uh, you know, my newsfeed or whatever you call it. And I read that and I thought, oh, that's Emanuel Swedenberg. I had heard of him, uh-huh. right? But uh, I hadn't read anything of his work. And um, so I, I kind of liked it and shared it. And, a lot of my friends put likes and, sh- and thanked me for sending it. And then another couple came in and I'm, you know, sharing those and, and uh, everybody seemed to like it. And then I thought, okay, right, my own book. So I went to YouTube and I typed his name in the search field and you guys showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, wow, there's a channel, right? Off the left eye. All right. Okay. So I, I can't remember what the first video was. This was about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I just watched the video and I watched the next one. And it's a bit like Game of Thrones. You know, you don't want to go, oh, I'll just watch another. You know, <laughs> That's right. 4 a.m., you're still watching them. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I kind of just, yeah, I just loved every every show that you presented. And um, uh, and especially the, the um, spiritual questions answered. I love those. Yeah. Um, because you know, you've got the whole team there and I, I love the sort of chemistry between the four of you and, and how you 
break down these questions and how you give all of your, you know, your different responses. And uh, I just felt, you know, this is where this is where I want to learn. This is what the next stage I want to be at. I want to learn as much as I possibly can. I downloaded Heaven and Hell and um, a couple of the other books, and I was reading them online. So yeah, that's how I got involved. It was about a year ago. Yeah. So so you you got involved, and in, if it's a year ago, and here you are still involved. So what's what's keeping you there? So you enjoy the show, but are there any particular concepts that you found profound or, or that had an impact on you? Yeah, the whole idea of, um, well, several, really. Uh, this whole idea of divine order, right? Um, I, I, it's just this thought that, you know, regardless of how chaotic things may seem, um, and, you know, they do have, you know, chaotic situations do have a profound impact on people's lives. There's no doubt about it. But the idea that behind all of the, that, there is this divine order, you know, that the Lord is there, the divine love and wisdom is is omnipresent and ever present and everyone on earth is being taken care of right um regardless of what happens to them physically or what happens to them emotionally and how chaotic and how terribly tragic it may appear to be there is this divine order behind everything and that everybody is being looked after and taken care of and protected that was one concept that really kind of it, it, it resonated with me quite deeply. And I, I really, I follow that as much as I possibly can, you know, and there's also the idea of the, of the, um, the usefulness, hmm. okay. Useful works and doing the good works and, uh, as a path towards spiritual progression. Um, just the way that Swedenborg lays these ideas out, right. He puts them in, in terms that are easy to understand and easy to comprehend and on a daily basis to try and, you know, uh, work with that and, and fulfill it as much as I possibly can, you know, yeah. and you know, I fail, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I try and the idea that just trying is enough very often. Yes. No, there's, there's, that's very well said. I mean, there's, there's some awesome concepts, but I really like the way you summarize them and put them together and, and it's cool to, to think about you're applying them and they're, they're making a difference in life. Yeah, they certainly are. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I like that. And I like the whole idea also of, you know, uh, that the, uh, that this life, as you've often said, is just the womb for the next one. Right. That we're, we're kind of like developing here in the amniotic fluid of the planet and we'll eventually be born into that next life. And that that progression is eternal. Right. So don't sweat it because, yeah. you know, we've got, a, we got a, a long time to work on this. And, um, you know, we can progress at our own speed and our own pace. And um, we choose. You know, we choose where we go and why we go there. Yeah. And I think that's, a, you know, given my upbringing, you know, in the, in the Catholic faith, um, which basically gave us very little choice once we died, you know, you couldn't make up for anything. You're either going to the bad place or the good place. Yeah. And you went there forever and you know, that's it. And, um, I kind of wasn't quite happy with that one. So this idea that we actually choose where we want to be, um, I like, and it resonates. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, that's awesome. That, that's so cool to, to hear about. And, and it's cool that it could do all these different things, resolve some or upgrade ideas from the past give you something to work on and then 
provide this sort of like uh, intellectual, beyond intellectual, but this great, greater magnitude of comfort about how the world is run. You know, and that, so that, that's great. Well, I really appreciate getting to hear that uh, from you, Pete. And I just want to say thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks for asking me on. I really appreciate the, the opportunity to chat with you. And uh, listen, Happy New Year to all of you. Um, you know, looking forward to a lot more great work next year. And um, thanks again. And keep it coming. I always get so pumped up for the sixth segment with that, <laughs> that new jam. Everybody, there's a lot going on behind the scenes as this show goes, and we have Chelsea here with us, staff writer for Sweet Morgan Life. Um, she has been furiously compiling all your answers to this ice melt, ice melt question, and I just want to hear, okay, so the question was, for those of you who don't remember it, uh, what was the first, is it going to appear here, maybe not, what was I the first Swedenborg book that you read? That's right. What's the first and, book of Swedenborg's that you had exposure to? I yes. Think, okay. Yeah. And so I, I just realized that I'm really curious to know, like, what did people say? And so yes. do, you, do you have some uh, some compilation of that? We even have a nice pie chart that we created oh. in time to show you. So I'll walk Thanks, you through Matt. this. So um, sort of not surprisingly, Heaven and Hell is the number one one that um, nearly half of the people who responded had exposure to heaven and hell first and that also is yeah. Swedenborg's just most popular work yep. um a little tidbit about that there was a um I think Robert Bush who's in the chat he said I think that he read heaven and hell in 1958 and that happens to be 200 years yeah. exactly after the publication of heaven and hell <laughs> in 1758 yeah. so it's like a fine wine yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and then Almost half as many people first had exposure to Divine Providence. Um, yeah. I'm not counted in that number, but that was the first book that I, well, I've been a raised Swedenborgian, but I uh, first read Divine Providence of my own volition, yes. <laughs> of my own will, yes. and understanding. Oh, nice way um, to tie in our theme. When I was in my early 20s. Um, so then... Third is actually our show. There were several people who didn't oh. have a specific book, but just said our show was the first exposure they had. Cool. So that's pretty good. We're in the running. Um, next is we just Mary. gotta think of a Latin title for our show. Now it can fit right, right in yeah. the Swedenborg's catalog. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to say, um, Border Ruffian specifically said it was one of our episodes about light. So that might have been Sweet. spiritual light or what light and heat can tell you about God. Yes. One of those. That's cool to think about because we just got all these episodes tucked back in YouTube there mm -hmm. and thinks that was somebody's That vision. was somebody's, That's yeah, awesome. way to yep get into these ideas. Um, and then uh, Married Love is there. And then the other counts for four different books. Okay. Um, uh, Spiritual Diary, which is a oh, unusual man. one to have first exposure to. Why would you stick around? <laughs> Just kidding. That's my that's my favorite book. I think. Yeah, All I know. It's come to be a yes. Yeah. Talk about a fine wine. Yeah, that's um, true. there's uh, the other one. Oh, a Swedenborg Foundation published work, The Lives of Angels, which I think is one yes. of those compilations yes, of it is. Swedenborg's teachings book. about Swedenborg angels. Com to pick it up. Um, Divine Love and Wisdom is in there, and then um, Arcana Celestia. And the person who said that, Jim Jim Giddens. Gidding said that um, that was his first exposure, but that the translation was a little bit confusing. Yes. Um, and uh, but then reading the novel, the discovered country made him love it and want to pursue it. Swedenborg's ideas, and I was like, "What's this? The yeah, discovered country?" I was just thinking the same. So thing. I did a little research while, while the show was happening. Yep. Oh, 
I did as much as Google could tell me. Um, And The Discovered Country is a book that was published in 1892. Here's a cover image of it. Wow, we already got a cover image. Carlisle Peter Celia. Celia, He has a profile on the New England Conservatory website because he was a concert pianist and actually eventually opened his own school of music. But this is during the time of spiritualism and stuff, so he actually was later in life an author on spiritualist subjects and okay. supposedly this book is very swedenborgian i mean you see the wisdom and love up hey, um they copied our last show and yeah. this written thing of his own that says in the ages to come love wisdom and goodness which is heaven will prevail while hate barbarianism and cruelty which is hell shall pass away so that's a very swedenborgian oh, rendition man. of the famous quote from revelation about you yeah. know the first heaven and the first earth will pass away but um so that i thought was a lot of cool information to get f- from our audience about the books and, and yeah. even more <laughs> we're, get, we're getting like a free education here yes. this is why we put the questions out to you all because we want to we want to connect with you on shared experiences and we want to learn we want to expand our knowledge of what the swedenborg thing is and where it ties mm-hmm. in and everything like that thanks so much chelsea thanks so much everyone for yes, tying that everyone. in and thanks to everybody for sticking around for an entire show we made it to the end you did it uh, this is our show for this week, and we're going to be hoping that, that you help us promote this show on YouTube just by simply liking and subscribing, because that like gets it out into the universe. i got to go home on all my 10,000 fake accounts and like and subscribe to this <laughs> thing. And then, if you want to help make this show happen, check us out at Patreon. Uh, do you want to describe like what, what Patreon is? Well, Patreon is a, sh- a patron uh, thing where anytime we post a show, you get you give a little donation that helps us make it happen. Um, Just a dollar. And then in exchange for that, you get extra behind-the-scenes footage, like um, coming up, I think there's a video about, if it's not already up, about sort of reflections on this previous year and looking ahead to 2018. That's right. Yeah, retrospective. Like like we say, the best stuff is free. That means we always put our best work on the YouTube channel, but you get these special extras and insights into... into, uh, the creation of every show, which is that's, fun. That's, it's just a little thank you from us. To yes. you. Thanks for doing that. I didn't. We didn't rehearse that you would do that. <laughs> but I just felt like someone else has got to tell them about Patreon. Okay, so that's it. This is our show for this week. We're going to be back same time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Next week, we're going to be talking about the inner and outer self, Yes, which is going to be good. another amazing journey. We're slowly giving ourselves all the basic dualistic tools we need to navigate yes. life. We'll also be taking another spiritual road trip, as we always do hopefully sharing some more laughs and some insights and fun. Thanks, Chelsea. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yep, thanks. Swedenborg and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.